Welcome to the How Do You View You podcast with your host, Griffin Stein. Today we have Brett Sweet from CoBiz, Richmond Renaissance, talking about entrepreneurship and building up Richmond. Enjoy. Uh, my name is Brett Sweet, also known as the Sweet MBA. Maybe in my former life I had a 20 AKAs and rap names. Um, but I, I function in a couple capacities. I am a entrepreneur by trade and by uh, energy. I tend to like to build things um, and help other people build things. I'm the center director at the Renaissance Entrepreneurship Center in Richmond. Uh, I am on the board and one of the chief designers um, and maybe evangelist for where we are right now, CoBiz Richmond, the first uh, co-working space and incubator in Richmond. Um, I also am a member of a podcasting group called Cage Against the Machine, which is wow. yeah, tries to explore the connection between wellness, uh, fitness, mental health, mm. through the lens of mixed martial arts especially geared towards people of color and tries to use those methodologies to get people off uh, durable medical devices and prescription drugs. That's uh, big. Yeah. I think that's one of the ways to go, though. Yeah, because for me, it's, logical. it's the logical thing. Um, I think if you look at the two largest sports in the world, soccer and mixed martial arts, um, the obvious feeling about them is Anybody in the world could play soccer because there's probably some dusty field or, or some grass field and all you need is a ball. And that ball can be created by anything, human ingenuity. Yeah. I think also anywhere you live in the world, especially places that are resources are tight, there's going to be violence. And people are going to fight. Um, but the interesting thing is when you train for combat sports, the science behind it, whether you're a wrestler or you do jujitsu or you do kickboxing or whatnot, um, the training lends itself, I think, like nothing else. I mean, like to get to football, right? That's an expensive sport to play. Yeah. If your mom's got or grandma's got the cheddar, right? And you're risking some CTE early on. But you'd be surprised that the training that it takes to be a really good kickboxer, right? If you start eating like that or a good wrestler, there's things that you can do in the project hallways with one piece of equipment that can manage your weight, that can manage your mental health, that can accept the way that you approach and learn. Hmm. And so we've always seen these and sold these as very elitist things. They're either one or two categories. They're either your mommy and daddy got money and you got into that wrestling program and that's for you. Hmm. Or it's like, you know, I went and taught or I went and learned from this secret master and he taught me the 52... You know what I mean? A death. And, and neither of those is really the truth. And so what I'm very intrigued by is the idea of what can be trained like, yo, anybody could get a, a pair of gloves at Decathlon for $9. You could take some old wool gloves, cut off the fingers, and now you have wraps. Yep. Right? And we all see, right, we all seen the videos of the little boys in the hallway, and he's teaching them how to hit mitts, right? And you can do that workout for 20 minutes a day. And it will work. And it will work. And you will, and you will do high-intensity training. And if you learn to breathe and you can learn, to, you can get one yoga block for $30, share it with everybody in your family, and you can learn to stretch and do yoga with wow. YouTube. I didn't even think of it like You that. can go to Food Co. and eat nothing but the produce aisle and learn to eat 
a, a vegetable plant-based diet and change things going on. But you have to have some, I believe you have to have a magnetic effect. You have to have a reason. You have to have the why. That's what motivates everybody. Mm -hmm. You have to have the why. So if you're doing this because you want to get better at the rounds and you want to, you know, you want to become more of a beast, then you will do that. If you're doing it because, man, I, I got to lose some weight, well, that, that'll be it. that will be the bonus. That's the reward. But yeah. you have to have a passion for why you're going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, I grew up, um, and I'm fortunate enough, but I kind of grew up at the rise of at least three things. And I'm sure I'm going to find out there's two more that I was a part of that I didn't know it was. And what I mean by that is I sort of watched mixed martial arts become a major uh, thing, go into a sport, become an industry now. I watched, uh, in my childhood, I watched hip-hop do the same thing, and I've watched, also watched technology and those companies. And so it'll be very interesting to see um, what those other two, but I get, I somehow am fortunate enough to be at the eye of the storm when these things start. So I think what happened for me after many years of working in many capacities of corporate America, um, I got very sick after losing my father to Alzheimer's. Mm. Um, I think my body shut down not only after caring for him, but also just like physically sick. Physically sick to where I could not lift my arms over my head. My wife had to help dress me. Um, my hands wouldn't close. Uh, I got up to about 280 pounds. Um, I could. I had huge bouts of insomnia. Um, I had stomach pains, I had headaches, I had all these things. And um, I got diagnosed with a couple illnesses and I started taking some steps to change it. And one of the ones that was very clear to me was that I had to lose weight. And so I started you know, trying to take this on myself and say, you know, 20 years ago, you were kind of a beast when you were competing. You know how to do road work. So mm. I knew that I had to lose weight. So I started trying to run. And I've told this story enough times. But I remember just trying to jog three blocks around my house. And my wife was jogging with me, and she just kept burning me, man. She's like five foot two. And after a while, I'm not a competitive person, but there's a you only gonna get smoked so many times. So many times. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on, right? I can I ran from the cops, you know what I mean? So I start putting on the juice and I get up to catch up to her. And the pain that I felt from the top of my head to the tips of my toes was was white hot lightning excruciating, nerve pain. I have not been in pain like that in a while. And I, I'm, I'm pretty, I can go through a lot. And I was like, hold on, something's wrong, and I gotta stop, I gotta, you know, this is not cool. And she's like, okay, we'll slow down. And it's like, you ever had that moment where you like try to print something, and you look in the queue and it says it's printing, but nothing comes out of the mm, printer? Yeah. So it was like, message went from brain, legs stopped. Legs did not stop. And I ended up running through a woman's fence, like the greatest American hero, Scrub wow. slid. After you can laugh because everyone else did, literally. <laughs> but um, but after the laughter ended and I was laughing at myself, I, I took it as a huge blessing because what I found for me was that I had taken something like my own body for granted, running, and I realized that I had to invest in it. Mm. And the beauty of it was, let's say two days later, I went to get a massage around the corner, and as I came out, you know, because I was like limping and I was on crutches. And I came around the corner and my old martial arts teacher was coming down the street drinking a cup of coffee and he's like, what are you doing? You back in the neighborhood now? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you're on crutches, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm handicapped now. He said, you know, and I kind of made a comment. I said, yeah, I guess I'm just crippled now. He's like, you might be handicapped, but you're not crippled. You should come train. And I was like, I'm, it's a distinction, I'm, yeah. right. And I'm like, sir, I can barely, 
walk. And he's like, we'll change that. And then I oh. think uh, where I am now, having lost 110 pounds. Have, so I realized I'm not that special. I'm just hard-headed, right? <laughs> um, but I feel like that, to me, that's what the podcast became was I wanted to begin to tell these stories and, and make that accessible mm. to everybody in our community to realize that these are things that we can do, right? Um, that these, this, is a, this is access that we can all do, that it doesn't always have to happen at this very elite level. It doesn't have to have, happen by nine hours at 24-hour fitness. Mm. This doesn't have to happen by arguing and screaming at people at Facebook about whether Dr. Sebi is right or all that stuff, right? I, what I want to do is say that there are opportunities right in front of you if you want to use them, and let's use that to radicalize health in our community. I think nothing could be more, you know, because health and wealth are deeply connected and that you're able to try other things and accept new information when you are Presumably. mentally agile. You can only become mentally agile if you're comfortable with your body and you're comfortable in your own skin. And that's one of the easiest ways to transfer the trauma, you know. Um, it is trauma. It is trauma. There's a, a gentleman that I very much, uh, I very much admire. I, I call him my spirit animal by the name of David Goggins. And he talks about trauma being the jet fuel for your, your, your takeoff from the runway. So you, you, have to, you have to make sure you are using the runway, whatever that is. You have to make sure that you are creating, and I think for, too, for many of us, art and digital creation is the place, but that's not enough. That's simply not enough. We can't just get fit because we want to look good in the club or our shirt off at the pool party. Yeah, no. You know, like for me, I want to be, I want to be a parent. And for me, it was very clear, like, I need to be able to lift my child on my shoulder. And catch them. If and, get, uh, and feed them. Yeah. And if I can't feed myself, I'm not being honest. And so let me start training for this person that I'd like to be. That makes sense. And I think, yeah, so it always comes back to the why. And that, I think that why is going to come up throughout our conversation. So I think that's one of those capacities. So as the more I did that... And the more, um, as I started down that road, and then um, I lost two people who meant a, a great deal to me, uh, Sean Price, Reggie Osei, a.k.a. Combat Jack, um, it made it very clear to me that there wasn't a space in the podcast sphere that even as we were making this cool and podcasting to me was becoming the new hip-hop, mm. that it was something we created, it wasn't something that we published and owned, and that very soon we were going to be told what ideas were good for us. You know, you, you, you yeah, yeah, you, you people, I'm going to tell you what to do, right? Mm. And I also had this issue that there was all the podcasting for people who look like me and you were, was uh, East Coast content pushed through West Coast servers. Really? If, if you look at the space, right, and you think about who is really podcasting, there's not really a premier West Coast Bay Area podcast that's talking about our culture. You know, it isn't. Because I've been listening to it, and the dudes are from the Bronx. It's Thank you. a dude from Indianapolis. Thank he you. talks like he's from... Thank you. Yeah. But they're, and they're all put out through companies that are run in the South Bay. See my point? That's not Anchor, is it? No, Anchor, that's interesting. Anchor is Gary V, who is somebody I use. Okay. Anchor is Gary V. Gary V invests his money in Silicon Valley, but he's a New York dude. So it's still New York. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's yeah. not a surprise. That's us selling our music to New York what New York companies again, yeah. Yeah. which is kind of my background. Again, us 
I was trying to get New York to figure out why we have we don't we don't have low riders out here. We have muscle cars, right? Like here we go again. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, it, I, I guess what I was inspired by was the idea, and something I'm working on now is can we build a podcast network in the Bay Area around all this innovation um, of people who look like us, who have these ideas, and all open minds, right? You don't have to always agree with me, right? You wanna do a podcast about being, you know, like a black conservative Republican, I, sure. Just I don't do care, it. Let's do, do it. it. Yeah, I wanna hear it. Because hear it. the space needs to be open for all of us. Yes, it does. As long as we are making a space for us. And that's the mistake we make. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's because the mistake. Because some people say, no, not you. Not you, you're not, you're not let in. Yeah. I'm all about civil rights, but not you. Yeah. I'm all about inclusion, but not you. That's yeah, I'm, I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm right again. Back to you asking me before we started, right? You have to believe in hypocrisy to see that that's something you don't want to do. But if you don't fundamentally believe in that, you don't know what the vocabulary word means, then it doesn't apply it doesn't to you. Even apply, yeah. right? Because that, like the Indians, the Indians over here thinking, okay, well, we want to. People came over. We want to buy this land. What you mean buy? buy? What is buy? First of all, I don't even know what an economy is. Okay, <laughs> I didn't, I couldn't even tell you. It's all of ours, so the word share doesn't even make sense to me. Man. What are you it talking about? Sides. What are you talking yeah. about? And then we can go on the next one, right? Which is other problematic. Like of the of those peoples, those indigenous peoples, those peopling, right? They're not all the same people. No. Right? And some of them looked like us and had been here for a while. So even those those stories, right? And the pictures and the right, the, it's a, it's a evolving right. It's an evolving conversation yeah. that the more we dig, the more we get exposed to. So people don't like. We was talking downstairs, and like you said, yes, some people aren't ready for that stream of thought. That's how okay. You, so how do you how do you feed the baby? Yeah, I mean, what's the smallest? I don't know. I don't have children. Yeah, I don't have children. I'm everybody's favorite uncle. <laughs> right? I don't have children. The closest I have is an uh, uh, adult woman with a child who considers me her second dad. Right? Okay. I've raised everybody else's kids. I've put hundreds, if not thousands, of people of color into four-year universities. Wow. Um, and that's not an exaggeration. This is just fact. Yeah. Right? This is just the family I come from and the responsibilities I signed up for with my last name when I said, "Okay, I'm one of y'all." You know. Mm. Like, I come from the Avengers, you know, so it's like that's what I'm supposed to do. Um, but my, my my belief about trying to teach people at least entrepreneurship, at least trying to teach them these concepts of the places that I am an instructor, whether I'm trying to teach somebody some martial arts, whether I'm trying to teach them to start a business, whether I'm teaching them how to interview. Um, you know, one of the axioms that you hear is that when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. And when you're younger and you hear some of these things, especially I would say from older civil rights era black people, they sound like cliches, yeah, right? Like, I, I just always hear that voice from the boondocks. Like, Grandpa, did you actually directly, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I remember I was having a debate and I should stop this. I feel, I'm always a better person when I stop commenting on things on Facebook because somebody always has to have some like argument. It's not, the algorithm is not designed for us to go, hey, that's interesting. Um, somebody was criticizing, um, you know, the involvement of, of you know, the, the brother from Baltimore who just passed away, the, uh, the, the, the congressman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and they were like, yeah, man, he probably, you know, I was like, you know, that civil rights generation all died very early because they were stressed out. They went through a lot. He's like, oh, man, he had never had a single rock thrown at him. I was like, 
yo, you live in a fantasy world. You live in a fantasy world of what this, this country used to be like for people who look like us, dude. Yeah, you don't have to show up to a protest to get traumatized. No, you can show up to the Kmart. Bro, <laughs> you can leave your house. Or, or as you're seeing now, if you think cops kicking down the door, that's not the exception. That's the rule. People could come in in, in your backyard and, and traumatize you. Um, and I think I'm a little bit more connected to that because I have family who is one generation from the South. Mm. And I do go back to the South once a year and make sure that they connect With that them. in that sense of that's, that's and all intents and purposes, that is the motherland to me, right? And so I do have those conversations that educate what I need to do for the future. But I think that's a lot of it is... Um, Making sure that there's that there's space. I think that's what's fascinating to me. I think over the next forty years is creating spaces and places for people to grow. For people to grow. So how do you do it? You got to give them space. You have to make enough space and not get your ego so attached to it, to where you have to learn the way I said you're going to learn right now. That's a control mechanism. Yeah. Rather it is. than rather than a belief in the freedom of will, which is I'm going to present the information for you. And I think the best way to think about it is sort of like, you ever take an online traffic school? Yeah. Okay, you notice how like, you don't really have to pay attention and then you try to take the quiz and they're like, oh, you missed something. And you can't move on until you go back and read this area. I kind of think that's the right way. You give people enough room and if they're not ready to move on, but they still have the thread of what they have to learn. And they didn't pass these. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a mind control thing. Say it back like a talking monkey. No, No, but this is the concept. And as long as you get the concept and you can turn it around in your mind, right? And I see you understand it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you can apply it. Then that, that is the key in my belief that that, so people have the ability to use that. But that is how uh, the martial arts is, right? You have to. The way I learn. The way I learn. But even that, I learned from a fighting school which is very different. It has a very tight feedback loop. You can have a lot of theories on it, but you know, you for example. do that. Well, let's give an example. Um, there are two types of schools. There are the, what I would call conceptual martial arts schools. I learned a lot of traditional forms. I learned the ninjutsu secret death touch. <clears throat> I know 97 katas. Cool. I have a black belt and I know all these weapons. Yeah. Because the last time I was at the club and the gun started popping off, I remember that dude who pulled out the sword and was like, today's the day. Come on. Mm. Right? There's also fighting schools. In which you learn fighting, the number one rule very quickly. Um, keep your hand up. Keep this hand right here. Mm. Okay? If you're an orthodox style, keep this hand here. If you're a southpaw, keep this hand here. Mm. You can believe. Look, people like to be fresh. They think they're Bruce Lee. They put their hands down. Then they get cracked. Hmm, that didn't work. Then they get cracked again. Well, that didn't work. Well, put them up. Third time, fourth time. When they come back, if they come back, yeah, no, they it's a silent conversation. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> I didn't like that. That's what I mean by a feedback loop. Yeah. That's what's beautiful about the martial arts is that we remove the debate. There's an instant show me in fighting Oh, you sure? You that guy? You that guy? Let's go. Sleepy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Hip-hop used to be that way. Like when I came up. The era I came up with battling, hip-hop was that way. I agree. The the hip-hop that I fell in love with, and I'm not sure it's still around. I almost sometimes believe that I live in an alternate dimension and that something else happened. And where, you know, like... 
Thanos came in and did a snap, and now we're in the new world of hip hop, and I just have to accept it. But the era I came in, there was a battle. And maybe some of that was the crowd supported it or voted on it, and maybe some of that was political. They voted mm -hmm. for who they liked. But the era I thought it was like it was about bars, it was about believability. People knew better than to talk crazy because you were going to get slapped. You was right there. Right there, especially here. In the leagues I was in or in the places I was here from here to L.A., nobody talked reckless. You were just going to get slapped, so nobody said nothing about that. You talked about that gangster stuff, it didn't fly because you weren't that gangster. Yeah. Yeah. Or the gangsters who were gangsters couldn't rap, and everybody they just laughed. Like yeah. They could just laugh, like, go back to your failed football career, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, things have changed drastically since then, but obviously I think there was... That's what I loved about it, and that's what I love about training, and I love there's that feedback loop. And I try to teach that to clients, you know, and the people we work with in terms of setting up a business, mm. was, you know, do you have a feedback loop? Do you have an A-B test, Right. Can you do what's a lean concept to understand? You're gonna sell a burrito for $19. Okay, let's take an ironing board, put it outside, and, and, see, it, and see if that's real. But, so, and don't and if people say that I'm not paying $19 for a burrito, don't just go, oh, you're a hater. Because yeah, if a hundred people say no, you need to take the loop and go. Yeah, I was right. Hey. What is that? What is that though? So somebody's mm -hmm. saying you you uh, you charging whatever service you have. Yeah. Charging twenty dollars an hour. Yes, you're getting a lot of people. Somebody said, "Well, you need to raise your prices because you have a lot of people." Right. Is is what is that loop? I think that because you overwork it. Well, that how much are you paying yourself out of that twenty? What are your prices based on? Are they yeah. based on your feeling? Or are they based around you've already done the economics of of the economics based on the cost, and then you measure that against the market? Or yeah, I just you know. Yeah, because then you wouldn't even charge. Most of the time, it's a feeling. It is a. Feeling. Most of the time, people oh well, it's a feeling. It's, I just do. 20. Or you know what? It's the net metaphor is sort of like it's hustle and flow. Remember oh, that movie? Know, yeah. Remember that movie? Yeah. He's like, man, skinny black. He's rapping. Man, I went to high school with skinny black. I could rap. Remember that logic, <laughs> yeah, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Okay. So you see that, like, you know, uh, she's doing hair. Uh, I could do hair. Better than her. Better than her. She's charging 60, I'll charge 61. Rather than, what am I paying myself? What is my shop? What is this? What is the model? And then match that against what can the market bear? In this area. In this area. You go to the Temescal, right? Temescal, Oakland, 49th. There's the Temescal Alley, right? Mm. Bunch of shops in there. There's a barber shop that charges $80 for a haircut. There's another one over by Drake's that charges in Oakland on Broadway, charges $80. You make that face, I make that face. I'm not paying $80 for a haircut, but I see enough people who are. So those places might. Really? Yes, there's people, that's why they're around. Would we get $80 a haircut on McDonald's? No, we know, no, no. Not, not today. No. Yeah. And not today, who knows, who knows what it looks like. But you see my point? Yeah, so you have to be able to have those conversations with people. So did you, in, in, you believe that anybody off the street can become a millionaire, can become a business owner, can become... I don't know if anybody can become a millionaire. And let's define that. Are we talking million dollar liquid, million dollar fixed, right? Mm, are we saying net? Cool. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, just... Over just time? Over time. Shared? Yeah. In one generation? 100%. Yeah. But you're going to have to compromise. And you're going to have to compromise with one of the... Another sort of idiom my mom taught me... Uh, the price of personal freedom is community. The price of community is personal freedom. 
Okay, so let me give you an example. When I grew up, I grew up on, I didn't know it was this, I grew up on a couch, a giant collapsible couch mm-hmm. that me and maybe 15 other cousins slept on. Jesus. On my 16th birthday, I got my own room in a bed. And everybody asked me what I got for my birthday, and I announced it in class and laughed at me. Because, what do you mean you don't have your own room? This was laughable. I'm not pointing out anybody, but I, I own several pieces of property today. Some of those I was able to get from my career, and I put and I didn't know what to do with my money, so I gave it to my parents, and they invested it. Mm. Some of that I inherited from my parents, right? And I have to be honest about both of those, right? Um, so I had a bit of a network, but there are people who laughed at me about those things when yeah. I was a kid, and they don't have anything. So there's some part of it of the ways that our elders raised us that is not insane, right? Now, if you can get over sharing a bathroom and a kitchen and the annoyances that happen, and we can work together, there's plenty of ways for us to buy property and make wealth and work together. And we see it with immigrant communities all the time, friend. Every you and I have day. talked about it. Ah, we watch day. people come over on a boat or not to be disrespectful at all, climb over a wall or sneak in whatever and in one generation they got a neighborhood a whole because they have a, a concept they don't have an entitlement to this is my bathroom and i get to have 45 minutes every morning this is my kitchen i get to do it my way and they don't have phrases like oh i can't live with her they get it in just do it they just do it because it's survival okay and it works and it works okay so and and if you take that and let's take a family let's take that family really quick they own three houses Right? Mm. Even if they're all single family houses, what's the average price of a single family house in West Contra Costa? Is it four? Four fifty? Four fifty. Let's multiply that by three. That sounds like a millionaire to me. Sounds close <laughs> to me. Okay, so it is possible. Is it possible? It's possible. Would you have to compromise? Yes. You want to do everything yourself? You want to be the big baller? You want to be the guy with the pool and all that? That's a little bit harder. That's rough. That's rough. You have to give up some things. And you find most of the times it's very hard to sustain because you're doing it for appearances and you're not happy. So what's the point of the wealth if you're not, for me at least, what's the point of the wealth if you're not, you know, for me it's about having a better access to life. So for me, I would never be comfortable having, you know, I have a great house, but what's the point of having some giant mansion that I never see anybody? I ain't trying to, like, you know, life of Pablo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I want I want people around me to elevate. But not a, but not on their terms either. On a way that's sustainable and accountable. Yeah. That's because it's like that 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 story, you know, teach a man to fish and it'll eat forever is real. Yeah. It's real. But the other one is, you know, I don't know what your experience has been, but I found Leading a horse. Not even, that's one, but also young males, especially from our culture, when you do for them for free, they resent you. And then so you're biding, they're biding their time before they lash out at you. I can tell by your facial expression, yeah. you know far too mo- well yeah. what I'm talking that's about. That's too true. That's because that's what I was about to ask you. So you have to, so you have, what I had to do and I had to I show people is that you have to build a cost into it. So that way you don't invoke their resentment. Because if they, they have to feel like they earned it. Because if you give it to them the easy way, well, he's taking notes. I'm scared now. Um, <laughs> if you do it the easy way, they'll just they eat you alive for it. You know? Yeah. They just eat you alive for it. So then mm-hmm. you can't elevate somebody that's not 
trying to elevate? Or can you? Everybody elevates at their own time and their own... So just stay available. Yes, and then also, I try to do a more of approach like, can you do it more like Netflix, right? And the way they do their series rather than the other shows. Can I give you a compendium of ideas that you can access and at... If you want to binge watch The Elevation and do it in a weekend, more power to you, brother. Try and do it, yeah. Go ahead. Hey. You're still got to get these benchmarks. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode by episode. If you're only going to watch one episode per year, that's okay, too. But that shouldn't be, you know, you know, it shouldn't be a sort of messiah complex where it has to be completely, you know, the person has to be completely accessible to you all the time. So it's, you know, one, one thing I'm pretty open about, I... I I don't do cults. I don't do cults. Cults? Cults. Oh. Like the active word in culture. I don't do cults. I don't do the, you know, for forty nine ninety nine I'll teach you all yeah. this and uh, I'm not doing all that and I'm avoiding those and I'm when I see them I'm pointing them out to people. So I would never so me I'm very uncomfortable that when people I see that sometimes and people on social media put me in those positions, I'm often like, Can you remove that post? How you feel about me is your opinion, you're allowed, but I do not want to be elevated to some guru status. I'm very uncomfortable with yeah. that. Um, I am very, I'm a fan of presenting information that is accessible and good to people who want to be responsible with it. Hmm, that's good. But I don't want people to start, a, I don't want you to, well, I expanded my business because Brett said to do it, and, you know, he's the man. No. I want it to be science. Well, I tried it and it worked for me. I tried nine other people t- tried it, and that must be science. If I take this coffee cup and I throw it up in the air, it's going to come back down. We've kind of proven that it's gravity. Now, where gravity comes from yeah, is evolving. Cool. Yeah, but we've but we're not we're not really debating if gravity's around. No, we are. Some people are. Some people will yeah. still do. It. I'm not going there. And that's what, yeah. I'm not doing that one. But yeah, as a it's a law, and we all most of us understand that. Yeah, and where it originates, that's the problem. It's that nuance. Where it originates, the theory behind where the cause is, that's up for debate. But the fact that objects go up in the air and they come back down? Not debatable. That, not debatable. And again, and also so there are people who want to have debates about things and are not willing to go the full extent of their passion to see these things. Yeah. And then tell you to do your research. Sure. Hey, say, do your research. Sure. I've done my research. You're right. The earth is flat. I've only flown around it. (laughs) You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So flow around it too. Sure. (laughs) Make a documentary. Right? There's some things you're just not going to waste time on. And I've learned. I'm not going to win. So, you know, again, you know, oh my God, you know, this is the most, I don't even know, I'm shooting myself in the foot with this. Oh, this is the most you know, racist president there's ever been. Really? We Out of all 45 of Was it old flags, too? Really? <laughs> Thank you. Right? You mean, you wait, you mean the ones who, like, literally documented we have to go and allow some, some uh, lynching because they let an African-American in the White House today? Are you sure? Or maybe the office of the presidency is, is until we deal with racism, anybody who's a president is going to deal with, is going to be racist. Yeah, they have to be. Yeah, because it's, it's part of this, the system. It's part of the operating part system. Of the United States. It's part of the United right? States. Until we deal with this. It's, 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 uh, it's uncomfortable for them, though. 
people don't want to hear. I don't even want to say the truth because when you get into tr well, the truth, the truth is multiple sided. Yeah, and that, truth and is four sided, bro. And I didn't. When, that's that usually is my main thing. Is like no, yeah. the truth is the truth, and you can't. The There's truth. universal truth. Not. Universal truth. Let's figure out what a universal truth is. Yeah. I think we started with one 30 seconds ago. The law of gravity? Well, let's not call it a law. Oh, oh, the... But if, if something goes up in the air, it's going to come back down. It's going to come down. Okay, that's a truth. Yeah. People will Got any more? People will fight that. Won't they? Yeah. Yeah, I know. You know what I'm talking about. Won't they? Won't they? Oh, so... Uh, yeah. This is personal. So... Yes, brother. What the... So I don't leave people. And we was talking about how mm -hmm. you just Netflix them. They take their time to get there. You just, I feel like I need to leave. Alcoholism, okay. uh, drug abuse, all of these things that I don't want to get into a money thing, but it's okay. So it's just not making money or you're not elevating. I sure. can't be around it. But there's, there's a sense of empathy. I have it. Yeah, so for me, there was a time when I worked in the music industry and when you would show up to meetings and you're talking about millions of dollars in budgets and people were pouring champagne. And that was built into the system. Mm. I woke up one morning and I don't know if I've ever publicly talked about this. I woke up one morning and I got up at five in the morning and I left my house at six in San Francisco. I drove to Oakland and I picked up my father who was at an Alzheimer's home in mm. Oakland. And then I drove him over to Kaiser, which was maybe 15 minutes away. And I somehow arrived 30 minutes late for a 9 o'clock appointment. So I rescheduled. I did it again two days later. Same problem happened. Same problem happened two days after that. And I came home one day frustrated myself, crying and sweating. And I looked in the mirror. And I had to realize that there's no reason I should leave San Francisco at 6 o'clock. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this? Easy if your aim is to be, yeah. You're not being honest, Brett. And then I looked around the room and I saw that there was a bottle of vodka. Mm. And I had to have a conversation with myself and say, there's no reason at the place you're at in your life where you want to take care of two parents. Have and to? No, 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 no. Let's, let's oh. not half, that's a terrible variable. Oh, is it? Oh. Want to. Want to. Have to is obligation, not sustainable. Obligation is not sustainable. No, builds resentment. Mm. Want to. You want to to take care of these parents. You love these parents. Is this bottle, is this helping? No, then let's have a conversation. You, whatever word you need to call it, drunk, alcoholic, whatever, but if you need to wake up in the morning and drink, and you don't see that this is the obstacle, and magically, when I put myself on a program to stop drinking, guess what happened? 30 minutes early. You know, you know where this story's going. And enough of us who have gone through this journey understand that story. Yeah. But if you try to tell that story to somebody who's in the middle of that bottle, they can't hear you. Mm -hmm. They don't have the frame of reference. So empathy comes into where you can say, I could get upset and insulting because you're saying a lot of stuff, the excuses that I invented and I sit out first before you, you know? Mm. But when you're ready, I'm here. But let's not get it twisted. I may have had more of a problem than you. So don't try to run me down that okie doke. Here's my, this is my boundary. I love you, I respect you, I hear you, but I will beat you senseless if you try to cross this line with me.
because this is my boundary and I am somebody who's gone through that process already. And, you and I've already had those lies come out of my mouth and all that stuff and I've worked it out of my I think of it a lot like um, antivirus software. Mm. Like it's something that's running in your brain at all times and it keeps you sharp. But when people try to put a Trojan on your system, you're like, no, 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 blocked, right? And that's, where, and that's where you have to have a sense of empathy and deep compassion. Mm. Yeah. Okay. But then also establish the boundary. Man, you keep making me, this dude keep taking notes. <laughs> you got to promise me, man. I love you and I, I know I was flaking on you with this one. You got to promise ain't no cult starting one after this podcast, man. You taking notes, I get worried. No. No. I might start getting Twitter. So can you come and save my life? No! No, no. Save you. I have a uh, five-year plan. I love this it. And the the podcast, the music. Yeah. Um, seven streams of income. I'm, I'm looking into it. buying uh, property. Great. Outside the state. Sure. I, I need a, I need to make my path. Yes. So uh, all paths need laws or yes. un, undebatable truths. These are truthfully undebatable truths that I will. Because you're the one making them. Yeah. Because you're the one making them. And because the there's plenty of them. And after a while, you realize some of these jive with things that are a lot smarter than you. Right? You know? Yeah. Some of, there's plenty of people. There ain't no shortage of, of wise men who have told you be careful about the bottle, right? I wasn't listening. None of us can hear it at that time. Well, mine wasn't the bottle. Mine was wasting time. He said you'll be old before you know it. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, no, no. Twenty one. I don't. I, I don't want to be mean. I'm trying to. I'm still very interested in compassion and empathy. I don't think young men, and by young men, younger than forty, I don't think until thirty you realize how much you procrastinate. The okie doke, and especially, and I'm not trying to be mean, especially the men in our community, in our families. Like, procrastinate. Like, it don't take 30 minutes. Like, you don't need to get ready to wash the dishes. It needs to be done in 20 minutes, bro. Just do it. The time you waste. Oh, my. I do not, man. I know that now. It is what yes, it is. yes, yes, yes. Get up and do it. Yes. And usually the time. That but there's signs. But there's signs of it. Like, it's funny. It's it's. In the same way you look at people in iconography and you could tell you could tell certain things by the shoes. You try not to judge people, but you could tell, you know, by the way people wear clothes or the teams they're into or whatever. It's like, yo, here we are. We're two men in our forties and we both have Fitbits on. You either get it or you don't. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Try to count. Yeah. Try yo, to every second counts, I wanna count all my steps. There's certain principles that that are gonna add up to things. And so you either checked in or you're not. I think that's what a lot of it is. Mm. So if you, mm -hmm. we don't talk about wishes or dreams. We talk about goals. Yeah. So, what is your goal with this this new space that's opening on the twentieth? Uh, Six is a soft. We are open to the public to ask questions on the first. On the first. Our soft November media event is on the sixth, and then we'll have a hard opening shortly after that. Cobiz, I pitched, um, there was a contest held by a charitable organization started by Chevron called Equip. And the idea was they had set aside a fund of about $10 million. Mm. And the fund's goal was to reinvest in Richmond. And in particular, what could you do to change the culture in downtown Richmond and Nyan Triangle? Okay. This money was already bill folded. Wow. Okay? It's already there. Now, 
I've been around the block a thing or two. I'll let my LinkedIn speak for itself, okay? So I knew what was gonna happen. Two things is gonna happen. Either outsiders are gonna come in from Richmond and, and allocate that money on something that doesn't benefit the people, or people here are gonna try to do it and for lack of frame of reference, they're not gonna get it. Okay, so what's missing to me, right? What's missing is this, you have a city that may have single-handedly won World War II. Yes. You have a city that created, for many of us, this is the first city that our ancestors, literally my uncle, came here from Florida in the Marines. And this was the first city he was allowed to live in, in the Bay Area. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yes, Richmond. We were not, when we came here for the war effort, we weren't allowed outside of Richmond. It wasn't until the war was over that we went to Hunter's Point in San Jose next. Okay? So this is a long, deep history of our people creating a middle class as well as an industrial revolution. Mm. And then you come back here and I came, I started hanging out here as a teenager um, and when I was 15 or 16 in my hip hop movement, I was hanging out with a lot of, you couldn't do live shows in Berkeley. It was illegal. It's literally illegal to do a live hip hop show in Berkeley. Oh, it's on the books. Right. Yeah, it was, it was on the books from 1989 on because a kid broke his neck uh, head spinning. Oh. And then some, and then somebody got stabbed at a Karis One concert, so it became an ordinance. I think I no live hip hop. So we would come out here and do underground shows when I was around people like Black Swan and uh, the Bro Hides, uh, Housing Authority. A lot of the the combinations of what I was Bro Hides. We still, I still mess with the Bro Hides. Yes, yeah. that's 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 how we're connected. I, I, dap, 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 and all, yeah. I can't, Racy, I, and Racy been on all my albums. And I did a lot of stuff with Fly Styles. Fly, Fly yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, yeah. He's out in LA. Yeah. Right, and then so his manager uh, and I were rap partners for many years, and then I was also the brand manager, doing a lot of stuff for them. Wow, this is man. Oh yeah, we go back. Totally so probably, maybe we have met. Man. You just don't know that. Yeah, I told you. Met. Told you I'm an Avenger, man. <laughs> We have met. You yeah. met me when I used to have the suit on. Now, now you don't recognize me without the suit. So I guess that was sort of my thing. Was I was wow. coming out here when I was fifteen or sixteen. I was coming out here. I remember all the parties that used to happen in North Richmond. Yeah. So I was very involved in that. I stayed away. So bringing a lot of Berkeley dudes here, and then doing those parties, and then we brought them back to Oakland. And then meanwhile, I was able to take those parties. And I was messing around with something at the time called the internet, and I would take stuff like that, and I'd take live recordings of that, and I'd put it out in chat rooms or whatever, wow. or I'd have people downloading it. People were like, oh, this is insane. You can't, you know, you, this would never work. Mm. You know, That's you can't, you can't put out content on the internet. That's, there's no black people on the internet, <laughs> right? You know where this is going? Yeah. This is 1994, yeah. you know? So, um, having that history and then coming back here and looking around, to, in the recession, 2008, I've always had, being a Berkeley, Oakland dude, I've always had a special place in my heart for Richmond. I've never felt and enjoyed the little brother status that people have tried to maintain with it. Um, I made most of my money in rap because of Richmond dudes. Mm. Um, so how do I go through that? I got to a point where I recognized um, I'd had a career in many aspects, whether it was working in private equity, whether working in tech, community development. I took some time off to get my health right. And um, my father, um, 
his organization used to own the Fox building, Fox Theater in downtown Oakland. Mm. And he was very, at one time, was trying to start a record store on Telegraph. We couldn't get a permit. And I was pretty pissed off because I saw Outsiders. And I said, what is this? And they said, oh, it's called uh, First Friday. Mm. Oh. And I said, are you serious? Um, and my, my fiance at the time, my wife, my best friend, my uh, reason for being on this planet right now was like, and she's really good at being subtle with me. She said, you're gonna get pissed off or you're gonna get active? And so I knew from my sort of talents, Richmond was next and it was at a, a, com it was at a tipping point. I could, I could let Richmond become the next Oakland or I could go to Richmond and empower the, the little brothers of the people that I came up with to, be. to have their own destiny. And so for me, this is, I knew that one thing that organizes people is great works. You know what I mean by that? Like when you, when you in ancient civilizations and good civilizations, when everybody kind of donates to a cause, whether they're building a giant wall, or a statue, or, or a pyramid, or, you know yeah, what I'm going with this? Yeah, yeah. It brings something out the best. To be of, something yeah. to behold. Yeah. It brings out the best. And we needed a pyramid here. And so through this pitch, what I pitched to them was this idea that we could have a co-working space and an incubator that could be an economic engine to not only suss out the issues that are becoming barriers for business growing in the ecosystem of Richmond, mm -hmm. but also could facilitate that. Could say, hey, this is a, place, a safe place for you to get your company going from six people and turning it to 50. Wow. And once you have 50, leave the nest Take over that spot across the street, build it out, and tell your friends and bring that, right? Because who who's going to invest in downtown Richmond and build fiber optics and all these things when nobody's here? Only us. Only us. And so I knew that was possible. This is the, the history of Rosie the Riveter. This is, you know, there's a rich, deep, real, non-mythological history yeah. of innovation here. We just needed an engine. So that's the hope that if you get enough activity here and enough people hanging out and they're trading notes then the culture changes and you start investing. And that the idea and the, the, the tagline a lot of us are thinking about is, we want investment without displacement. We wanna be able to bring money here and it doesn't mean that the people who fought the good fight, who've been here for so long have to leave. No, they should be benefiting. So that way, if you're doing stuff and there's a business here, they're coming to you and saying, hey, I got a commercial I'm doing, can you edit the audio on it? They're spending money with you. Your cousin who's got the construction company, he's doing the build out of their, uh, or she's doing the build out yeah. of, of, their, yeah. of their offices. But that's not gonna happen when they don't see you and they're not drinking next to you or driving next to you or seeing you at the pizza restaurant. So we needed to make a reason for people not to just drive through on their way to, the, to wine country. Some place to congregate. Some place to start. And congratulate. And, and yes, and to be around each other, a gym, a a martial arts gem for economic and liberating ideas. And that's what Cobiz represents to me. That is that pyramid. That's needed everywhere almost. Yeah, and we see that Oakland has them, San Francisco is right for them. There's no shortage of them in the South Bay. This Contra Costa has very little and nothing like this in West Contra, and that's what the idea and was. And they work. Yeah. We know that. We have yeah. to re research on them. So that's what this was. The goal is to bring those, and also to bring something like, there's a lot of old money who have made it in our community, and they don't know how to talk to these millennials who wanna make money. How can we put them in the same place, right? This, this is a way. Yeah, this is the way, where we can leave some of our reasons to not get along at the door. 
and learn from one another. Very much back to the Netflix analogy. Yeah. So that's what the hope is for what we're doing at Cobus. That's very good. And, and as we talked about earlier, the podcast room allows us to continue to create content that elevates these conversations. So we're not only, as people are moving here from all over and they're coming to Richmond, then we start thinking about maybe people are starting to really be intentional about, hey, this is the place I want to go to. Instead of just saying it's the cheapest of the other places. Yeah, and then they say this is... Or, or doing the reverse. Man, I don't know. Why would you want to go to Richmond? It's like Rwanda out there. You know yeah, what? People you know what? Hate Richmond. You say you're from Richmond even as far as... Yeah. Yeah. No, but I think, I think the Bay Area has been very comfortable making Richmond the little brother for far too long. Um, and I relate. I'm a Berkeley dude. Right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you grew up in the era I did. Remember Telegraph? Yeah. Everybody wants to, everybody want to talk trash about Telegraph until it's time to sell their tape. Well, we That's started that. Right, right, right. We started that. Right? I hated us for some reason. Right. Some few but it was always built on that. It was always this, I'm better than you. And it's like, but you need us. And so that's why it's an ecosystem. But then when you spend time in LA, if you took away the gangbanging, LA is all about LA. Right? Um, New York, man, they have their boroughs. But at the end of the day, they, they're interconnected. They get it. Hmm. And so and that's why and we have to learn how to circulate ideas and money. It's going to take some practice. Yeah, I was about to say, are we ready for that? Um, How do you talk to a, a blunt smoking dude blowing smoke that you want to make money? Of course, everybody wants to make money. What do you tell them? What do you say? Co-biz is this place where I'm, you can... I'm a, I'm a huge fan of meeting people where they're at. Right? Okay, so... I don't need, I don't know that without going into the politics, I don't know that blunt smoking of itself is the barrier. I think it's more about the ideas, mm. right? And let's just say, you know, maybe you know how to get money on these streets. And I've been telling this story for a while. The difference between hustlers and entrepreneurs is very minor, okay? Okay. Entrepreneurs only deal with danger. They worry about, or only deal with risk. They only worry about losing money, mm. okay? Hustlers deal with risk and danger. Not only could they lose their money, they could go to jail, be killed, crippled. Yeah. So out of those equations, nobody really, right? Out of every 10 of them, only one of them possibly really wants to be in those streets like that. The other nine. I don't think they do. No, the other nine, you know, like uh, Sci High talks about this. You mess with Sci High? Do you listen to him? Sci High the Prince? No. No dope on Sundays? I've never even heard of it. But you know, he, you know, nobody really, we all know, nobody really wants to be, like in our era, nobody wanted to like hustle to brag about it. They're trying to make their money, open yeah. their barber shop and be quiet for the rest of their life. And it was only because of hunger that some of them did it. I've seen it. It was- And, and, many, and many of us felt deep senses of, of tribulation and guilt. Nobody wanted that. Because you knew intrinsically your customer might be May not directly be your best friend's mom, but sure, sure as heck looks like her. I've told this story, and it comes home. You knew it was always yeah, going to come that's home. What I was going to say somebody's windows is getting shot up. It's always coming home. Man, so if you had a different way, and then you and I come from an era where there was no Starbucks jobs or Jamba Juice no. or GameStop, you and I used to, you and I used to stand in line to go pump gas at Chevron. That was a good at a gas station. That was a good job, bro. Man. Remember that? All you right. had to, you had to, we used to. We used to compete to go ask our school to sign our work permit, right? I remember that. So there is no lack of industriousness. There's lack of opportunity. It is. 
And so I think we're in a better place than they've ever been, right? And I tend to look at it this as an analogy, okay? Japanese, the characters for the world market, mm. crisis and opportunity, water yeah. over a boiling pot. Does that make sense as a concept? So wherever we see challenge, we also have to see that there's economic opportunity. And there does need to be evolving forms of capitalism that isn't extraction-based. Back to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. That you can't just suck things dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if we see there's a housing challenge, right? And people are running out of housing. One of the easiest answers, right, is to build more housing. We need a lot more construction workers, right? And people running construction companies and thinking that way. Okay? That's one answer. Forethought, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's programs for that. Right? And so that's the way to think about there are these places, there's these amenities. My wife works in real estate. And we always talk about when people come to a neighborhood or you're hanging around with somebody and they go, oh, this is a cute neighborhood. What do they really mean? Is it the houses are painted some way or actually all the stuff that you want to spend money on is a block away. Mm. And the stuff you want to spend money on is not nonsense. It's a grocery store with a butcher, not a Domino's pizza. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah, so we need to bring those back to our neighborhoods and be okay with those run by people who are in those neighborhoods. And then also pull them aside and say, hey man, respectfully, I know you're trying to do your thing. I shouldn't have to wait 45 minutes for this food. I know you're overwhelmed, but these other restaurants do not have the same weight. Please raise your level of professionalism. You don't have to substandard it just because if here and yes yeah. and you're serving your own and I should be grateful for you to be here no you should be grateful that I'm here the way that I'm grateful you're here and yeah. we should reward each other for it that. should be yes yeah. yeah. straight up straight yeah. up because when you go to these other spots you don't put up with it I see you you're on world style going man going ham right because it's, it's a right late. when it's late yeah, yeah. so so don't don't try to give me the double standard so like, you know what good is you just don't want to give it when you absolutely yeah. Absolutely. And it, and it can be trained. Customer service has to be trained. And we can't just assume because you were flipping burgers at McDonald's for three years, you know what that means. We have to give the opportunities for people to learn and, to, and have a safe space to make mistakes and learn. That feedback loop we were talking about. Yeah. Right? To, to edit out this attitude that goes, well, you know, that's just your opinion. Bam. 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 Okay, that's not my opinion anymore. Right? Yeah, it's reality. It's reality. You and I came from that era. I think that's the difference. Yeah. I think you and I are old enough to remember, and I always take this analogy. We all had that one guy. I always talk about the OG sleeper hold. The <laughs> one older dude in the neighborhood who you, you mouthed off to, and he told you one time, don't do that. Mm. And you did it again, and they chokes you out. And that's why you and I are alive. And the ones who didn't learn the lesson are not here with us anymore. You really put them to sleep. But that's, that's true. And that, that lesson we took to everything else we did. So my goal is to try to create that safe, loving space without having to do as much of a chokehold, choke, yeah. but to give that place to say, this is a place to self-correct and learn. Still gotta slap a little. Still gotta there, ha there has to be a consequence yeah, and accountability or you won't take it seriously and you won't change. We don't change from comfort, we change from discomfort. I'm, I'm a product that we just talked about that. Yeah, yeah. You know? I didn't lose 110 pounds by, by telling myself affirmations. Yeah, and put your feet up. No, yeah, I no. told myself affirmations 
after riding a bike for 13 miles, after running the, the three-mile lake, after doing three hours of MMA, right? After doing two hours of yoga. And that's all in one week. Let's not even start about the dietary changes, yeah. the, right? I have to start. You, you talk gotcha. about it. I, it's, gotcha. It's, it's, gotcha. People are dropping. That I, I will say this. I will say this. Uh, I don't want to go down the political road of debating the hashtag Black Lives Matter. But the first place we could start is what we put in our mouths. Digging your graves with your teeth. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go whether it should be the diet of the day or whatever. But there are some basic principles we could talk about, right? And again, it comes back to the why. And it's just and if it's if you make it manageable and real and you know the why, I've seen it, you know? Yeah, I've seen it. I've I done took, it. Right. Yeah. I just, you know, KFC have a special. I can't even eat that no more. I, I don't even digest it right. So I stopped. Or, or let's you may never have. And you're just now hip to it. See what I'm getting at? Yeah. Here's the why, right? So you may have never actually digested it right. You're just now realizing. Paying attention. Right? So as I like I tried to tell like my, my sort of younger brother, I took him with me down to New Zealand when I got married. And I told him for the whole week, I said, after we get married, we're gonna hike up to the top of this mountain and you're gonna be able to see Africa. From New Zealand? From New Zealand, brother. That's a whole other podcast. The things I can tell you about that country. I'm a citizen of New Zealand through my life. Um, the things I saw in that country, the magic. That's a whole other podcast. I, I'm scared, but I wanted to get a mocha. I really wanted to get like a little raven, and I was like, I can't. I no, can't. you just got to come down and you come down and see it. Next time, I go, next time I go, save up some money, come with us. Look around for a while, you will come back radically changed. I think that's probably one of the better things. I think we could take our people down that would radically change their, their, their mentality. It's a very healing place. It's, it might be Wakanda. Um, <laughs> I, like, I, I like the thought of it. I will say, I'm like, yo, we're gonna go to the top of this. And it's not a high hike. It's not even like going to the top of tw Twin Peaks. It's a 10 minute hike. And you still can see it? You can still see it because the sea level of the country. Okay, so we get there. And I tell him, and he's still not wearing the right shoes, and he's still a big, mm. big guy. And he, you know, we always call him the dragon, you know, because he's a big, big guy, producer. And uh, he is so out of bad breath in such bad shape that we have to call an Uber to pick him up to get him off, the, off this hike. Um, and when he got home, he hired a trainer and changed his diet and whatever. Because he's the why. He said, okay, what's the point of going after all these opportunities if I can't? Literally can't show up for them, or you can't. Yeah, sitting here sweating, or yeah, yeah, you're not comfortable. That's my whole thing. It's Correct. Not comfortable. The illest one I heard was uh, from a podcast. Uh, Brad Jordan, aka Scarface of the mm. Ghetto Boys. He said to Combat Jack, he said, "You're a big guy. I'm a big guy. When's the last time you really wiped your butt?" I think I saw that podcast. Radically. Rat, just the I've always loved Scarface and the Ghetto Boys, especially being a, a dude raised by Southern folks. Uh, you know, I was always that kid. I was the only kid in the Bay. I felt like listening to Southern rap and getting yeah, ridiculed for it. I would rap a lot all the way. Yeah, I loved the Ghetto Boys, um, and I loved Outkast. I, I that just woke me up. That was real. Like 
that's bad. And it was happening at the same time as the running thing, where it's like, yeah. look how much you take for granted. Something as basic as wiping your breath, your butt, yeah. your backside, right? You've taken this for granted. Uh-uh, no, no. Drinking water, no, no. Because yeah. they'll be taken from you. You'll be sitting there one day and there'll be a tube and you'll be paying $30,000 a year through your, your medical for a tube to go in your throat to give you water or something, right? Is that, is that the life? No, sir. No. no. That's no. independence gone. No, and then you think about it. I spend the rest of my life worrying about if I'm going to get killed at a traffic stop, if I'm going to get killed here, da 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 to end my life up to being in debt medically after I just paid off my college debt. No, no. So that goes back to what I'm saying about the most radical thing that we can do about our lives mattering Dying. is he is really getting chopped up right now by people. Yay. But he said something about not wanting to call it diet, calling it limit, because language is very important. Mm. And I think I would agree that when we focus on diet, we make it sound like this is something I have to do and it's restrictive rather than... And it's short term. You feel like it's a short term. Yes, rather than focusing on what am I doing every day as a discipline that's comfortable, that creates results. But you don't want people to miss the point of it. But yeah, I do. It's all about your point. I I understand. It's all about your point, right? For me. And for me, like, man, I'm in better shape than I was in 19. I outwork these young boys. So that's that's. That's the other thing. I, I shouldn't. I even just chuckle about that, right? You know what I mean? I chuckle I like, "Oh, y'all tired?" Yeah, that's what I'm right? saying. You go out there and be like, "Yeah, well, yeah. who said that?" They be like, "Get out of here, old man!" Just... Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, go ahead, keep saying that. Yeah. I mean, what did Hope say? Y'all bras ain't tired, right? Breathe easy, right? Like, I get that now. When you're putting in those rounds, where you're looking at looking at a little twenty year old panting on the street. Cause you've been hitting blunts outside and you're like, bro, do you know what I just did for the last three hours? And you just smile to yourself. And then I hope that type of thinking inspires others and they want to be in, is active with that. It inspired me. Hopefully it inspired the listeners. I, um, I have to, it's no always, way I'm yeah, talking. We're going to do this all together. Yeah. I, There's plenty to learn. There's plenty to learn together, but I think what it is, it has to be an energy. In the same way that there's an energy that got us to go chase to the club and and try new types of dark drinks and all that stuff, yeah. right? Okay? Or energy that said, hey, there's orange hairs on this and let's roll a blunt this way, right? Well, we, need a, we never even needed blunts on the West Coast, right? But we did it because the popular culture. And that's what that's the and that's, about. So if we can do that same mentality, right? Like I was trying to explain this to my wife a while ago. I said, the hashtag wellness is owned by girls in yoga pants showing their booty off. And that's why they're doing they're doing they're doing these these squats, right? Okay. And then I said to her, I said, you could get mad, or you can realize that squats is strengthening your spine. Your spine is connected to your immune system. Damn. Okay. So what they're doing is making them more healthy. So if that's gonna get ninety percent more women to go and do squats, let's keep that hashtag going. Keep that energy. Whatever's gonna get us there, because the, the results are gonna come out of it. But what we have to do is create a sort of energy around it that makes it safe for us to try these things. Rather than, man, you're too old to be. No, nope, never. No, nope, no, nope, I don't want to hear that. That's what I want. I want to start a, a thing where it's, it's, everybody's talking about business. That, Everybody is. That's what, is that's what we had to do. Yeah, I, that's what this point, it had, this Cobus has to be the club and the barbecue and the picnic for business. So. Um, that, is, that is an hour. That's an hour and seven, so. We're going to do this again. Yeah. If you want to, uh, 
end it with a thought of the day or a thought of uh, uh, just a small what you want the people to know or what you would like to see out of people in general. Real. I don't know if that's that simple. Um, I, I, I don't know if I got that much for them. I will say this. Um, I would say take a couple more seconds to hear somebody rather than try to be right. I think our need to score points is getting in the way. And what you're finding is that when you keep scoring points on people when they smash on you back, you should own that. Rather than just take a couple more seconds and ask a couple more questions. What do you mean by that? Mm. Am I wrong by interpreting it this way? Did it, did you, you know? Yeah. Um, if you want to f- check out more about our show, we're out once a month, Cage Against the Machine. You can find us at cageagainst.com. Um, we're going to try to do more of these with my men and expand this. Definitely going to try to get this network out this year. Um, uh, seems like we spent a lot of time on sports, so that's where we spent. We're starting. <laughs> right? All right. That's the How Do You View You podcast. Brett Sweet. Yes, sir. Kobe's. Yep. Richmond Renaissance. Yes. Out. Out. Peace.